I know that some of you are here this morning and you don't feel that. You, you, you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for, that, that life is hard right now, that, that it seems like there's nobody there, there's nothing there for you. And you ask, man, what is there to be thankful for? I think this last song that we sang really says it best. It's Christ alone. Our cornerstone, weak made strong. Through the storm, I don't know what storm you're in, I don't know what hard thing you're going through, but, but the song says he is Lord. He's Lord of all. Yeah, this morning in our ABF, we did something really special. Our, our ABF celebrated communion together. Um, and, you know, I was reminded as we were sitting there that this week I've, I've thought about all the things that I'm thankful for. And it's been health and it's been family and it's been provision, a house to live in and all these things. And, and yet this morning I was reminded during that time that the greatest thing I have to be thankful for is Jesus Christ, my cornerstone. Because it's in him that, that I can make it through the storm. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're going through a storm, press into him. He will make you strong. Yeah, we're going to be beginning a series next Sunday. Entitled Rejoice, Heaven Came Down. Uh, it's based out of uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Uh, we're going to ask you to, to memorize Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Uh, the last time we did memorization, we did this contest where we had the children versus the adults. And depending on how you calculated it, the children ended up winning to others, the adults ended up winning percentage-wise. But what I want is, I want us together to memorize. I want you to go home today and I want you to read that and begin to memorize. We're going to have listing tables that are set up for you to come and to, to recite uh, this memorization. This, this principle of hiding God's word in your heart is something we don't do a very good job of. And so we want to challenge you that, that during this season of Christmas that, that we take time to memorize the scriptures together. This morning when you came in, you also should have got this little, uh, each family should have got one and, and, and adults um, who are single should, should have one of these. The story, God with us, it's a, it's a uh, Advent devotional and, and there's a reading in it, in it each day. And children, you're with us this morning, so I want, I want you to hold um, your families accountable to read this. Parents, um, this is a great tool that you can use every day to sit down and to, uh, to do devotions with your children. And as we get into this busy season of Christmas, that we don't lose the, the focus of the celebration that is Jesus Christ. And so, if you didn't get one on the way in, pick one up on the way out and begin to memorize um, Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11. And we spent the last three weeks talking about the church and 
Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about vision and, and uh, what was in that packet that we sent out to you and the reason for that being in there. And last week, we talked about the mystery of the church and how, how God brought together Jews and Gentiles, slave and free men and women, that we are all one in Christ. And there's this beautiful thing that was created called the church. This morning, I want to focus on on the church and the part that you play, your role in the body of Christ. You know, Christ is the head. We, the church, are the body. As part of this service, at the end, we're going to to do a little bit of of current reality of where we're at as a church. And and, and a a little short um, thing that we're going to do, and we're Ed Miller and and um, Gary Graff and Brian Mulder are going to be coming up as leadership team and doing a little reports. But it's all a part of, of, of who we are as a church and, and where we're going. But I'd, I'd like for you to, to turn with me to, to Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through, I think, 8 or 9 that we're going to be reading. You know, as I was reading this, this passage of Scripture, I remember as a little boy loving uh, to watch a guy named Bob Ross. I'm not sure if he's still on. He was on PBS. Bob Ross was an artist who would, who would paint pictures. He would take this blank canvas, um, and then he would have this, this palette. And on this palette were, were all kinds of different uh, colors, you know, that an artist has and, and different, different uh, types of paint brushes. And, and he, had a, he had a palette knife. And, and with all of those tools and, and, and with all of these colors, um, this guy would, would, would paint these, these beautiful pictures that would just, just come alive before you. And, and, and he used all kinds of different colors and he'd mix the colors and, and he, he'd use fat brushes and, and thin brushes and, and all kinds of different tools in order to paint this beautiful picture. And when I think of the church, I look at the church a little bit the way that, that I look at this palette. You know, the church is the palette. It is, it is sort of the foundation from which, which um, the body of Christ works. And, and each one of us is one of those colors of paint or one of those brushes. Some of you are, are the skinny little brush that, that makes just one little mark that, that, that brings, just, just uh, finishes the picture. Some of you are, are the bigger brushes. And I'm not talking about size here. Don't get me wrong. You just have different functions within this body. Some of you are the blue. Some of you are the white. Some of you are mixtures of blue and white. But, but, All together, as the body of Christ, we paint this beautiful picture with the Lord himself being the artist that directs us and makes us into something, makes everything beautiful. First, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. 
It says, for it's by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in, re- in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Each of us has, just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to the other, having different gifts according to the grace God has given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him prophesy. If his, if, if, if his gift is faith, if it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him give, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So Paul here gives us a picture of what the church is to be. But he says, he says, therefore. Now what is the therefore? Therefore he's saying, look, because of what I have just said in the first 11 chapters of Romans. Now in view of God's mercy of what you've just seen the fact that that you have been captured out of darkness and brought into the light because of the fact that you've been freed from your bondage of sin, because you are children of God and saints of the Most High, because that's what in the first 11 11 chapters of Romans, that's what what Paul is talking about, this great gift that we have given, our, our identity in Christ. He says, Because of all of that, because of the mercies of God, he says, offer your bodies. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, give yourself to him. You see, because to us has been committed, to the church has been committed the task of being the hands and the feet of Jesus. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. He says, this is your spiritual act of worship. And I think so often we, we especially, I think, More and more today, in America, we have this entitlement mentality, and it's spilled over into the church, and it's this thing, if I worship God, what can you do for me? How can you bless me? How can you give me more? And we do things, we serve in order to get more, and we have preachers telling us that the reason that we give more and we serve more is so that we get more. And so, so serving is all done with a selfish motive of what can I get out of it? And we have people showing up to church every week wondering what can I get out of this? When the key to spiritual victory, and for those of us, that, for, for people that, that are coming with what can I get, there's always going to be something missing. Because you see, the key to spiritual victory is not getting all that you can get, but it's giving all that you have. 
And that's what Paul's talking about here in Romans. He's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, I need to give all of myself. I need to lay myself on the altar for him, sacrificing myself for him because of what he's done, because of his mercies. But we've got this crazy prosperity gospel going on around us that says, no, if I do the right things and say the right things, have the right formula, then I can be rich. I can have cars and houses. I will be healthy and wealthy and have everything I want. And it's a really dangerous thing for us to be into. And I want to warn you that if you're listening to people that are, that, are, that are telling you that kind, preaching that kind of a gospel, you need to stop listening to them. And you need to get into the Word and see what the Word says about prosperity. I read this tweet from Mark Batterson this week. It says, the gospel costs us nothing but demands everything. To buy in, you have to sell out. It's all or nothing. Is that the way I view my relationship with Christ? I realize the great sacrifice that he made cost me nothing. I gained everything. But I also, according to Romans, he demands everything from me. He wants all of me. He doesn't want just part of me. He wants every part of me. The question becomes, am I willing to give him all of me? I think too many of us aren't willing to give ourselves completely to him. Second, First Peter chapter 2, it says, we're like living stones, we're being built up into a spiritual house. We are a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Are you offering all of yourself to him? Because, because Paul here says, that's real worship. When I give all of myself to him, that's real worship. First Corinthians, or Romans chapter 12 is real worship. You know, it's, it's the act of offering all of yourself to him. Now this morning as we, as we gathered together and, and we fellowshiped and we sang songs, that is worship. Praying is worship. But that's just one part of it. Offering our bodies is also a form of worship. That's what he wants more than anything. He wants us. He wants our, our undivided love and attention. And we get so busy with the world and we have so many excuses for why we're not that it hinders our relationship with him. And Paul says in verse 2, he says, look, he says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what his will is. You see, I'm not able to present my body unless I have renewed my mind. Because 
until I renew my mind, I will not have the desire or the will to, to um, conform myself to his will. I have to transform my mind. You see, when our mind is renewed, your will will be submissive. And you will offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. But the key is a saturated mind in order to be able to offer a willing body. And so it begins with having a transformed mind. And then Paul says, once you have laid yourself on the altar, your mind has been transformed. Then he says, just as each one of us has one body with many parts and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. So Paul says here in, in, in Romans, he says, look, the work in the world I'm giving to you. Paul says, Christ is wanting us to be his hands and his feet. You know, when Jesus gave the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, he didn't say, look, I'm going to go into all the world and I'm going to make disciples. Look, I'll take care of this. You guys just sit back and relax. Pray for me. I will do it. Is that what he said? No, he said, you go and make disciples. You be my hands and my feet and my voice. You go. He's talking to us. He's talking to the church and we must go. You see, the ministry has been committed to us. And until our minds are transformed and we lay ourselves on the altar, we can't be his body. But once we, our minds are transformed, we lay ourselves on the altar and all of our desires and all of our own wills, then we can be his hands and his feet. You see, God uses our faithfulness and our commitment to impact the kingdom for his glory. My question is, are we committed and are we being faithful to going? You see, we who have been redeemed, we who have, have experienced, we who have this great gift of the first 11 chapters of Romans, we who have received his mercies, we who have been brought out of darkness into light, we are the ones that are called to go. To go to be the body, to be the hands and the feet, to be the fat brushes and the skinny brushes and the blue and the white and the green. We are the pieces that the creator is using to bring glory to himself as he paints this beautiful picture of redemption. But to us, he has committed this task of being his hands and his feet. Romans chapter 10. Verse 13. Just before that. You know, we, we always read verses. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10. For if you confess with your mouth. And you believe in your heart. 
we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We were like, yes, I've called on him. I've confessed with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Therefore, therefore I am saved. But then Paul goes on. He goes on. He says, he says, look, in verse 13, he says, if I can find it here. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Absolutely. Amen. I agree with that. But he said, then he says, but how can they call on the one on whom they've not believed? How can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have all heard because somebody told us, because somebody was willing to go and to preach and to tell us the good news of Jesus. Somebody's beautiful feet told us about Jesus. And now we are given the mandate to go ourselves. To do our part in the expanding of the kingdom, in the proclamation of the gospel, we're all called to go. And for all of us, that's something a little bit different. It's just all of us figuring out what our part of the body is. What our gifts are. And Paul here talks about the spiritual gifts and what, and what each one of our gifts are. And, and our responsibility to, is to ask believers to, to, to seek out God and, and to, 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 to understand more fully the gift that we have been given. Because you see, the day that you accepted, you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit filled you. You were also given a spiritual gift or you were given gifts to be used for his glory. In his body. So you may be the finger, you may be the toe, you may be the eye, you may be the ear, but you have been given responsibility as part of this body to help the body to go to spread the good news. Because when we spread the good news and people come to Christ, God is glorified. And ultimately, our call is to glorify him. But I hear us all the time saying, but you know, man, I, I'm really busy with life right now. I'm running after my kids. I'm growing my business. I've got this and I've got that. And I've got all these things that I'm doing. And there's no time for all of that now. Once I get older, maybe I will, then I'll, I'll start serving. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say, wait until you're not busy to use your gift. Never does it say that. The day you receive Christ, the day that you receive the mercies from God, you have a mandate to use these gifts that he has given you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works which he has prepared in advance for you to do. That's all of us. That's not when we're not busy or it's not when the kids grow up or it's not when, when this or when that. That is as a believer now. I like Ephesians 2.10 in the message. It says, created each one of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Hmm. So it's important for us. 
to really be asking the question, what has God called me to do? When I receive Christ, what is the gift that he gave me? And how am I going to use that within the body? And you ask, well, Dwayne, how do I know my gift? Romans 12.1. Romans 12.2. It begins by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what his will is. I always like to, when I talk, we talk about spiritual gifts, I, I like to use the whole shape thing, you know, you, you know. How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing within the church? Well, um, what is your spiritual gift? What are your gifts? I think there's a mix of gifts. I think some people have two or three or four, and at different times of their lives, different ones rise up to the top. Um, different gifts are, are, you know, you may have two people that have the gift of teaching, you know, one may be um, Daryl Stevens type of teaching. One may be Tanya Mullet type of teaching. Very different and yet very effective. So what is your heart? You know, what do you, what do you love? What has God made you passionate about? What are the abilities that God has given you? What personality has he given you? And what experience has he given you? You see, all of those things shape your calling. Shape what you're to be doing within the body of Christ. And so seek, seek God in this. But, but I have to, going back, as I seek God for what he wants for me to do, I have to, number one, renew my mind. And that can only be done by spending time with him by spending time with other believers who will hold me accountable and who I can grow with. And as my mind is renewed, I present myself to him. I say, Lord, here I am. I'm willing. And you look for opportunities to serve. You know, there are countless opportunities for you to serve, whether it's here or other places. But you have to be proactive in looking for that and not sitting back and just watching other people do the work. That's what makes an unhealthy body. And then as you begin to serve, you will figure out your giftings. Try something. Look, try teaching. Try working in children's ministry. Try being an usher or a greeter. Try going and serving at a homeless shelter. Go and serve at 61 Surplus. You know, find places to use your gifts and abilities and then give it all you've got. Serve with your whole heart. And then as God shows you your gifts, begin Continue to cultivate it and use it for his glory. And you know, God has given us a vision for the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, a desire to reach the community, but, but we can't do it without you. Now, we can serve to a certain, we can make a, an impact, but without every person here, every gifting being used, every person doing their part, we can't do it to the fullest. 
We need everybody here doing their part. Whether you're the big brush or the little brush, whether you're just a stroke of gray or, 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 or light um, or, or yellow that, that finishes up the picture, your piece in the picture, your part in the picture is very, very important. God has created you the way you are for a reason. He's placed you here for a reason. You have a purpose for living and your purpose isn't just for you to do your own thing. Your purpose is to be a part of the body to bring honor and glory to him. But we have to allow God, the incredible, infinitely wise artist, painter, to use us. We have to make ourselves available for his purposes and for his glory. And it takes everybody doing their part. But we go back to Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And once your mind is renewed, you will be able to test and improve what that is, what God desires for you. And my hope and desire for everyone here is that we would be fulfilled in whatever God calls us in whatever um, area of the body you've been called to. But, but it's all of us. If you want to know what you can do, tear out the insert, the, the, the communication sheet and say, what can I do? Or this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to get connected. Out in the foyer, there are Be the Church um, booklets. Check those out. Get one. It has all of our ministries in it. Every one of them is available. And check them out and see what, what fits you or what you would enjoy doing. Tear out the thing and, and hand it in. But, but it requires all of us to be a part to make this body what God has called us to be. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to ask Ed Miller to come up and, and just, um, this will be real short, um, these, these three presentations. But I think it's important for us to hear uh, what, what, what is going to be said. Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your mercies. And we thank you for um, the great gift that, that you have given us. And, and, just how, how incredibly um, blessed we have been because of your mercies. And Lord, you've given us opportunity to, to serve with you in a way that will honor and glorify you. And I pray, Father, that as we go from here, we would begin to search out your will and your desires um, for our lives in a way that would honor and glorify and would make your body healthy. And the gospel would go forward from here. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.